What's up, everybody? I am... Right now, I'm watching Keegan Ashura. It's a dope-ass anime. You should really look it up on Netflix. Um, it's almost as dope as Baki. So, anyways... I decided to... I've been rewatching the Peter Yan Aljamain Sterling fight. And, first off, I watched... As well as watching the first fight between them, you know, including the second fight. And watching the first round, just the first round a couple times as well. You know, you know, and then after I would go and watch the the fight as a whole. So I was, yeah, I was doing a lot today, you know, in terms of my research. And one thing I found was is that there was a lot of debate that it, who won the first round. And... When you look at the judging criteria, the judging criteria, one of the stipulations is, one of the things that they look for is aggression, octagon control, and who threw the cleaner, more effective punches. Peter Yan threw the more cleaner, effective punches. He was the aggressor. He had octagon control. Yes, Aljamain threw a couple kicks, but not all those kicks landed. Some were missed. Some were blocked. And some were parried. Not saying that he didn't land. Not saying that he. Not saying that he didn't land any. He did land some, but he didn't land. He didn't. He did land some, but he didn't land them all. So, yeah, no. Peter Yan won the first round. It was clear. Um, there's no doubt about it. The facts don't lie. The proof is in the pudding. So, But overall, it is what it is. And that's just, that's just the nature of the beast. One of the things, but there was a lot of telling things watching the fight from round one to round five. One was how similar they are. And the fact that they both have the same weakness in terms of they give up their back. Peter Yon tends to give up his back when defending takedowns. Aljamain tends to give up his back when going for takedowns. And, you know, as we saw, it's a very, it's a detriment to their game. Yeah, I'm watching I'm watching the anime, my bad. But anyways, but that was one of the telling things that I realized about that was you know, they both have the same weakness in terms of giving up their back. Another thing I noticed was the fact that both their fights are extremely similar in the fact that not only did they end in controversy, but both fights were the same. Where Aljamain started strong early and then Peter Yan took over later. Significant the only Differences were was Aljamain threw less volume in the second fight than he did in the first fight and got tired in the fourth and fifth, where in the first he got tired in the second and third. Um, but the fights were not, and as also, and as also on the fact that Aljamain managed to take his back as well in the second and the third, but you know, but that's not really much of a glaring difference. 
that but that's not really that's not really a big difference or any differences a glaring difference but as to the that's not really much of a glaring distance but at the end of the day both those guys both their fights were extremely similar and you know both their fights were extremely similar which is very interesting. I, I find it very interesting. And, you know, and that seems to be the thing with those two guys. You know, Aljermaine and Peter Yawn are just those guys that they're like peanut butter and jelly. They just mesh with each other where they bring out their best and their worst. And we've seen that, you know, pro wrestling, Sean and Bret Hart, you know, uh, we saw this with, you know, Gennady and Triple G, I mean, Triple G and Canelo and boxing, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where there's just some guys, they bring out the best and worst in each other, and they always have the best performance, they bring out the best and worst out of each other, and they always have the best performances when they go against each other, whether it's a, a battle of technique and tactics, or it's a all-out war. You know, that seems to be the case. They're just, there's just situations where that just seems to be the case with some guys where they just come together like peanut butter and jelly. And that's Al Jermaine and Peter Yawn. I mean, but one of the things was, was, despite the fact that they both have the weaknesses of giving up their back, you know, Peter Yawn with defending the takedown, and giving up his back, you know, and Aljamain, his, his, the way he gives up his back is when he goes for a takedown, that's, that's what's funny about that, is both have the weakness of giving up their back, but they do it in different ways, Peter Yan does it when he defends, Al, Aljamain does it when he attacks, that's, a, it is very weird, but, um, like I said, they're, they're very similar, despite being different, they're very similar in the way, and they're very similar in that regard, you know, in some ways, not all, but in some, and one of the things I noticed was Peter Yawn looked very uncomfortable out there, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that his corner, you know, he was working with a corner that didn't have a lot of time to work with him, you know, it was no secret that, you know, his original corner had visa issues, so, you know, he's working with this new corner, and it was clear that his new corner, you know, they gave him a game plan that just didn't mesh well with them. You know, I mean, it was from American Top Team, and if you know anything about big-name gyms, you know, they're all about the whole winning rounds, and rather winning the fight. And that was the other big thing about that, is that there's a di I've, I've said this before, in a, in like the very first episode I said in my podcast, there's a difference between winning the fight versus winning the rounds, you know, and what made Peter Yan successful in the first fight compared to the second fight was Peter Yan was focused on winning the fight. He wasn't focused on winning the rounds and he was making, and, and by doing that, and by doing that, he was making it a fight, you know, the thing with guys like Aljamain, they're those type of guys that are, you know, they're good in one or two areas, but they can't put it together, they can't do it all at the same time, they're either all in on one, or they're all in on, on the other, and, you know, when you put them in a situation, when you make it a fight, and you throw everything at them, 
they they have a hard time keeping up because they can only commit to one side. They can't do both. And that was very telling in the first fight was Peter Yan wasn't just striking. You know, he was doing everything. He was doing takedowns. He was trying to go for his own submissions. He was trying, you know, he was throwing elbows and knees in the clinch. He was doing it all. He wasn't just solely just focusing on one thing. And, you know, where in this fight, in the second fight, he wasn't making it a fight. He wasn't focused on winning the fight. He was focused on winning the rounds. And he was trying to, you know, beat... You know, and he was trying to beat Aljamain, you know, and he, he was trying to beat Aljamain by fighting and he was, and he was trying to beat Aljamain by fighting him in individual areas. He wasn't trying to mix it up and do it all at the same time. And that was the significant difference in this fight versus the first fight. And like I said, and I think a lot of that game plan and that approach had to do with the fact that he was working with coaches from American Top Team who are more in the aspect of winning rounds. They're not necessarily focused on winning the fight. And that's the case with a lot of big name gyms like that. You know, uh, Mike Winklejohn's gyms Mike Winklejohn's gym is also known for that. You know, but you know, that's the case with a lot of, you know, a lot of commercial gyms, they have a method, and they kind of just stick to that method, you know, and they kind of stick to that method, and that was, you know, stick to that method, and it was clear that, you know, that whole rinse, wash, repeat method that, you know, that those coaches from American Top Team were having, the, and it was clear that the whole rinse, the rinse, wash, repeat method that, American top team was trying to have Peter Yan do was not working with him. It just, it just didn't work. It didn't work with his style. It didn't work with his approach. It wasn't the game plan that Peter Yan was preparing to use. You know, it was very significant. And that was one thing. And that was one thing that was, and that was the major thing in this fight, even though, yes, I still think, even though, yes, I still think Peter Yan won the fight because he, won the championship rounds and he won the first round there's no denying that there were that mistakes were made on Peter Yan's part there's no denying that fact you know Peter Yan he just he he was trying to win the rounds instead of trying to win the fight he was solely focused on going tit for tat with Aljamain Sterling where instead he should have made it a fight and should have did everything. Instead of trying to fight Aljamain Sterling in an area where he's comfortable and fighting him in individual, you know, spots and fighting him in individual spots, he should have did everything. You know, he should have both struck he he should have both initiated striking and grappling all at once. Because that's what made him successful in the first fight, was he wasn't just striking, he was also doing takedowns, he was also throwing kicks, he wouldn't just, he wasn't just pressing Aljo against the fence, he would also throw knees, he would also try to throw elbows, and that was the significant difference. In this fight, it was like he was just focused on doing the, the typical tit-for-tat, I'm gonna fight you here you know, in this area until we switch up and go here, and then I'm going to completely fight you here. 
you know, and that's not, and that, and that wasn't Al Jermaine Sterling, and that's not, and that's obviously not how, and that obviously was just not the game plan, that was not, and that's obviously not the game plan, that's not something that Peter Yan, that's not the game plan, that's not, that's obviously something that Peter Yan, when it, that's not, it, that's not what worked for Peter Yan when he fought Al Jermaine Sterling, I mean, I don't think, I mean, it was clear that that's, that was not the game plan that worked for him, and that was, that's clearly, that just was not the game plan that worked for him, clearly, you know, and that, and that's the, that was one thing, and it's something that I talked about, you know, because there is a difference between winning the fight versus winning the rounds, you know, somebody who's winning the fight, they're going out to dominate, they're not looking to score and scrape by and do a little bit, they're looking to leave no doubt that they are the victor, meaning they're trying to finish the race, they're not trying to, they're, they're trying to win the race, they're not trying to just finish it, a guy who wins the rounds is just trying to finish the race versus somebody who Who's trying to win the fight? They're trying to win the race, and Aljamain Sterling is one of those guys where he's not trying to win the race. He's just trying to finish it. He doesn't really care. He he, he doesn't really care if he's really the victor. He just wants to have the. He he just wants to have the. You know, he, he just wants to have the, the the feeling or the satisfaction that he finished the race. And that's the game that Aljamain plays. If you watch all of his fights, which the majority of them are decisions, that's how his game is played on winning rounds. Not necessarily winning the fight, but doing enough to finish the race, not win the race. And it was clear that that was... And it was clear that Peter Yon, and for some odd reason... Peter Yan in the second fight was trying to beat Aljamain at his own game with that. He was trying to play Aljamain's game, which made zero sense to me because, you know, in the first fight, you went with the method of winning the fight, not winning the rounds, and you were making it a fight by throwing everything at Aljamain, forcing him to constantly mix up and switch things back and forth. Now you're trying to win rounds and fight him individually in and try to and try to fight him into in individual areas instead of fighting him in all areas at the same time that makes it made no sense and i started to think about it and a lot of it had to do with his corner you know it was no secret his corner his original corner was having visa issues and you know he got stuck with working with some cornermen that he found on american top team which no disrespect to american top team but once again you know there are they are the quote-unquote what you would call a commercial gym. They're a cookie-cutter gym. They have a method, and they stick with that, and they have the method, and they stick with that method. You know, just like, you know, Mike Winklejohn and other gyms, you know, once they kind of have their little method, they stick with it, and they don't necessarily go beyond that. So... You know, I mean, so... I mean, like I said, I don't know, man. So, so it was clear that the game plan that they were having 
it was clear that the game plan that they were having Peter Yan use was not working for Peter Yan. It didn't work. It didn't mesh well. You can tell he was it was making it was very uncomfortable and he looked very uncomfortable because of the game plan that he was using and the coaches he was working with, you know, they just didn't like I said and you know, and the coaches he was working with, they just didn't, you know, you can tell they just weren't clicking and that's not necessarily their fault because they had they they didn't really have a lot of time to work with them. They didn't have a lot of time to talk to the coaches or come up with a you know a more concrete game plan. They they took the they just they they took the best with what they worked with the they took they did the best with what they got you know and they they you know they went the they tried to go the safe route where it's they were like let's focus on winning rounds. Don't worry about winning the fight. Just score points and win rounds. And, you know, yeah, that, you know, that works. In, and, and that may work in some instances. But there's some fighters where it just doesn't mesh with their style. It just doesn't work. And it doesn't work with their style. So, so you know, that was, that was a big significant factor. I mean... It was that was a big significant factor watching the fight was seeing how Peter Yan looked in this corner and how his corner was just the way they how his corner was looking the way they were responding. I mean, if you look at Peter Yan's corner in his previous fights, they were always very calm, collective. You know, you never saw them get stressed out or show any signs of, you know, frustration if Peter Yan were to make a mistake. Like one of the things is like one of the things was. The jujitsu coach in Peter Yan's corner, he, you know, when Peter Yan got his back taken for the second time, you could see, you know, his corner apparently shook his head and, and just put his head down in frustration because, you know, Peter Yan got his back taken the second time, you know, but the thing is now you look at that or, well, they didn't show it, but when you hear that and then you look at his regard, so, but when you, but so when you you did, they didn't show it, but when you hear that, and then you look at his corner in his previous fights, in the times where he was in danger or was in or in bad like positions, in the time where he was in danger or in situations that didn't look good, his corner you didn't his corner never did that. You never saw his corner shake their head in frustration at Peter Yan getting taken down a second time or getting his back taken. You never saw his corner do that. His corner was always very calm, very collective. They were very like, okay, you know, this happened again. Let's solve the problem, you know? And that was also another thing. And I think also too, and that, and I think also too, another factor was, I think Peter Yan, the stress of, Peter Yan is a very calm guy and he keeps calm in the surroundings. He, he always tries to, he's a very calm guy and, you know, outside the cage. And I think, and, you know, he always seems, he seems like the type of guy that always tries to keep, you know, calm surroundings. He doesn't seem like the type to be in all the chaos. And I don't think he, he's not, a, he's definitely not a partier. So, you know, if you're working like, so if you're dealing with a guy like Peter Yan, you know, you have to, you have to be calm. You have to have a peace of mind. You have to you know, maintain yourself in the most stressful of situations, and, you know, and in, in Peter Yan's case, you know, when guy, guys like Peter Yan, who, you know, 
they're always trying to maintain a state of calm. You know, you as a cornerman have to do the same. You can't freak out and sit on the you you can't sit there fall back on your seat shake your head in disappointment due to the fact that Peter Young got his back taken a second time you can't do that you know because you can't do that you can't sit there and start like you know you, you can't start sitting there and you know raising your voice and getting all stressed out about we telling him that you we drilled this many times Peter you got to stop doing this you got to stop doing that you know that that's not gonna work you know he it's not gonna gel well for for him you know like I said if you watch the way his corner was handling the situation like 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 I said when you watch Peter Jan's corner for this fight and you watch his and you watch how his corner reacts in his last fights in his previous fights it's literally night and day his cornerman in his previous fights, no matter what, how much danger, no matter how dire the situation is, we're always calm, we're always cool, we're, all, we're always collective. But when you watch Peter Jan's corner in this fight, they were chaotic. They were stressed. They were freaking out almost. They were like, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this. You know, it was like, you, you can tell they were they were very anxious. They were, they were very stressed out. Like, they didn't... You know, they, you know, it was like they were, they were freaking out and you have to understand when you're, and like I said, if you, you have to understand that if you, if you are cornering a guy like Peter Jan, you can't sit there. He's trying to maintain a state of calm and he's, he's trying to keep himself calm as it is. He doesn't need you freaking out. He's trying to, he's doing enough as it is to keep himself from freaking out. He doesn't need you making it worse by freaking out on him, you, you know, freaking out on him. And that was one of the, and that's, and I think that was also a significant thing was his corner, you know, his corner in this fight were, were freaking the fuck out. know and I think that was also that was also the significant difference was you know Peter Jan's corner his corner was very stressful and when you're a guy like Peter Jan who's always trying to maintain a state of calm it's very hard to do that when your corner is being very stressful when your jiu-jitsu coach is screaming about how we drilled this 20 times and you need to do this and you know it's just and you're trying and you know you're trying to stay calm in the situation here but you can't because you got your corner giving you all this stress and now you got to go out you're giving you all this stress so now you're all anxious and then you start making mistakes because of it you know and there's just some guys where you can't you can't you can't show any signs of being stressed out or you know or being antsy because if you do that's gonna fuck with them and that and it's pretty clear that Peter Yan you know his corner makes it apparent and it's pretty clear that Peter Yan you know his corner makes it apparent to always stay calm in the situation where it's like his corner for this fight they were not calm in the situation. So that, that was one, that was a very telling thing. I think a lot of the, the stress that I think a lot of the, you know, working with coaches that he's never, he didn't really have a whole lot of time to work with. And the fact that those coaches were, you know, were acting, were so stressed out, you know, the fact that his coach and the fact that those coaches were acting so stressed out really affected him. And, you know, it really affected him and made it hard for him to really get comfortable in there. 
you know, that was a very telling thing, and, you know, um, the other thing about that, too, was, you know, the other thing about, the, the other thing about the mistakes that were made was, the other thing about that, too, is, like I said, you know, Peter Yan was successful in making it a fight, he was trying to, well, I already covered, yeah, well, like, the other, and like I said, going back to the whole making it a fight thing, you know, Peter Yan didn't make it, a, Peter Yan was making it a, Peter Yan was successful against Aljamain by making it a fight, and in this situation, he wasn't, he was trying to fight Aljamain individually in different areas, instead of attacking him with multiple areas, with multiple things, at the same time, you know, that was very, and that was very telling, and once again, I think it just came from the corner, and I think it just came from the corner, and the other thing that I also noticed was Peter Yan tend to get a little too comfortable, and I think a lot of it, another thing too was Peter Yan kind of tended to be, and a lot of fighters make this mistake, he got too comfortable, and a lot of fighters make this mistake where an opponent takes him down or gets him in a bad position or whatever it is. And, you know, they survive the worst of the worst or they get back up or they're on the bottom and their opponent doesn't really pose any threat. So what happens is, is they get comfortable and they allow the opponent to just lay on top of them without doing anything or really, you know, or, you know, they, they kind of or they just allow themselves to just stay in that position or constantly be put in that position without making that opponent pay for them. They just let things happen because, oh, well, he's taking me down, but I don't feel any threat or, you know, so I'll just sit here and lay on top of me because why do anything instead of using that as an opportunity to do something significant. Um, fighters have a t it's a, it's a mistake that a lot of fighters make is they get too comfortable. They get into a position or a situation where, their opponent doesn't offer anything threatening or they survive the worst of it and they think oh well you know because i survived the worst of it or they didn't do anything i'm good i don't need, really need to do anything they can take me down or take my back i don't care you know they're not going to do anything when in reality they're you know they're letting the fight go by because of it you know you know and that's where you know, where in reality, they're letting the fight go by because of it, and, you know, a lot of fighters have fucked up like that, you know, where they just get too comfortable, you know, Masvidal made that mistake against Usman, you know, he got pressed up against the fence, and then just, you know, he just, he got pressed up against the fence, and once he kind of, you know, stuffed Usman's takedowns, and, you know, rolled and slipped all of his shots, he was just kind of like, ah, well, I don't need to do anything, you know, I don't need to do anything, you obviously don't give me any threats, so I'm just gonna stay here and just, you know, play around and roll and turn with shots, and because of that, it, it cost him the fight, because he got too comfortable, you know, he should have used that, you know, it's great that you managed to overcome, it's, you know, it's great, you know, it's great that you managed to overcome what you were, you know, it's great that you figure that out, but that doesn't mean you should sit back and let the fight go away, no, this is the perfect opportunity to go on the attack, you know, you never want to get to, it's a, it's a weird situation, like, 
you never want to get too comfortable, but you never want to get too hesitant at the same time. You kind of want to be in the balance where you're comfortable, but at the same time, you're not too comfortable where you're just letting the fight go away, where you're letting the, where, where you're letting the fight go away, when you're letting opportunities go by and you're letting your opponent get away with too much. You know, um, and that's kind of what Peter Yan did was he just seemed to, you know, he survived the, he survived the back attack in the second round. And then in the third round, he kind of just laid there and, and just accepted the back take. He kind of just accepted it and just kind of wrote it out. And it was weird to me because, you know, it was weird, but upon watching it again, it was because he got comfortable, you know, in his mind, he thought, well, I experienced what Aljo had, there was nothing to worry about, so if he takes my back, that's fine, I'm just gonna, you know, you know, that, that's, you know, that's fine, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, let's sit here and let you ride my back, but the reality is, is, you know, you're giving you're you're letting your opponent you're giving you're giving away a crucial opportunity to you know turn the tide you're letting your opponent you know get away you know with you're you're letting your opponent get away when instead you should be using that as an opportunity the fact that you've come to that realization to go on the offensive and start initiating your own attacks you know and that was a mistake that Masvidal made. You know, that was a mistake that Dominic Grease made when he fought John Jones. Um, there's a lot of cases of guys who do that. They get comfortable because they're either ahead on the scorecards or their opponent doesn't or their opponent doesn't pose any threat. So they just sit there or doesn't do anything threatening. So they sit there and they just let these and they let their opponent get away with things. And as a result, they end up losing the fight. And that's what happened with Peter Yan, you know, that's what happened with Peter Yan was, you know, he, the first back attack, he had a sense of urgency, but then when, you know, but once he, but he had a back attack when he, when, when, you know, and that's what happened with Peter Yan, you know, the first back attack, he had a second sense of urgency, but the second one, he clearly let Aljamain Sterling get away with it because in his mind, he was just like, well, you gave me your worst and I survived it. So what more can you do? Which, which is a dumb mindset to think, but which is a dumb mindset to dumb way to think, but it happens and it was clear it, it happens and it happened to Peter Yan, you know, so, and you know, um, I mean, the other, the other thing, like I said, too, when it goes back to what Peter Yan, you know, what Peter Yan messed up was, is another thing was when it comes to Peter Yan was making, when it comes to another mistake that Peter Yan made was, you know, he never, he never once made the attempt to be violent. You know, there's a huge difference between, you know, there's a huge difference between, you know, being technical and being violent, and in the positions, you know, in the positions that Peter Yan was in, he was too busy trying to be violent, where, you know, Aljamain, he was too busy trying to be violent, he, you know, in the, I'm sorry, let me, sorry, sorry, let me scratch that, so, I mean, so, 
the the other mistake was made was there was in the positions that you know he was trying to grapple when he should have focused on being violent and that was also the mistake that he made that was also a significant difference you know that was also a significant difference in that fight that was also a significant difference between the first fight and the second fight was when the fight hit the ground and Peter Jan was on top he tried to be violent. He tried to kick. He tried to punch. He was, you know, he was trying. He tried to kick. He tried to punch. He tried to knee. You know, he was he was trying to. He wasn't trying to grapple. He was trying to hurt. You know, Aljamain Sterling. He wasn't trying to grapple. Aljamain Sterling. You know, and that was also and that was the key difference. Where in this fight, he was trying to grapple. Aljamain, where he should have focused on being violent. You know, he had Aljamain Sterling in the turtle position, and he could have easily rained down knees, rained down punches. He could have easily rained down knees to the body. He could have easily rained down punches. He could have dropped some elbows, and that was them say he could have kicked him. You know, I'm surprised he didn't try kicking him, but that's but that was the but that's the case in that situation was. You know, and but that's the case in that situation was when it came to the grappling, certain grappling positions, when Peter Yan was on top, he tried to grapple where instead he should have focused on being violent, you know, and that was um, where instead he should have focused on being violent. If you watch the first fight, when he was on top, he didn't try to grapple Aljamain. He tried to be violent. He was trying to punch. He was trying to kick. He was trying to hurt. He was trying to do serious. He was trying to hurt Aljamain Sterling. He wasn't trying to grapple him. In this fight, he made the mistake of trying to grapple, where instead he should have focused on being violent, kicking, kneeing to the body, punching, you know, kicking, kneeing to the body, punching constantly, dropping maybe elbows, you know, every time, you know, Aljamain got up, he should have did the whole, he should have did what he should have pulled him back and slammed him to the floor like he did in the first fight. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, you know, when every time he stood up, he should have grabbed him and pulled him back to the floor and slammed him like he did in the first fight. And that's the, and that was, the, and that was the key. And once again, and that, and like I said, and that was the key difference, you know, in those grappling exchanges, Peter Jan was trying to be violent where Aljamain was trying to grapple. And in this fight, you know, Peter Jan was purely trying to grapple, where instead he should have focused on being violent, you know? Um, and that was, the, and, you know, where, and, you know, that is essentially one of the reasons why Aljamain Sterling was able to survive the fourth and fifth round, and he didn't get stopped, because... He should have gotten stopped. You know, he was tired. His punches were labored. His takedowns were being stuffed. He was, he was stuck. You know, he, he was stuck. You know, he, he was stuck on the bad end of the stick. And it was weird that Peter Jan didn't finish him. You know, it was weird that Peter Jan wasn't taking those opportunities in the fourth and fifth round to do very serious damage. He was still doing damage. He was still working and you know, doing some damage, but he was still working and landing some strikes here and there, but he wasn't doing anything with serious significance, you know, which was very bizarre.
which like I said, which was, was very bizarre because once again, if you look at the first fight, that's exactly what he did in the clinch. He immediately, he, that's immediately what he did in the clinch. I mean, yeah, and, and that was, but that was, that was a significant difference was Peter Jan, you know, in the grappling exchanges was focused on being violent rather than trying to grapple. And that was a very, that was a very significant thing. You know, that was a very significant thing, you know, um, but like I said, he didn't do that. And it just goes back to the game plan and what his corner was having him do. You know, it was clear that his corner was trying to have him do the typical cookie cutter, you know, just score points and win the rounds where instead they should have, you know, it was clear he, he should have been focused on winning the fight and making it a fight and being violent in the grappling exchanges, you know, making it a fight and being violent in the grappling exchanges. I mean, that's what made him successful in the first fight, not the second fight. That's what made him first, first successful in the first fight. But, um, like I said, it was just, like I said, you know, it was just, it, but unfortunately that he wasn't working with his corner that night. He was, that's not the case. He was work. he wasn't working with his corner that night. He was working with a corner that obviously just didn't know Peter Yan and know how to work with him and, you know, what to, not only that, not only what to, they didn't not only what to do, but how to communicate you know, how to communicate to him because that's a big thing. And that was also a big thing was his corner looked like they didn't know how to communicate to him. And that was also very telling, you know, Peter Jan, his corner that night, just, they, they didn't know how to communicate to him. They, they gave him a game plan that just didn't work for him and his style. Um, it was clear that that was not even the game plan that Peter Jan was preparing to use. So, but like I said, it is what it is on that regard, but there, there was, like I said, Peter Jan made a lot of mistakes. He made those mistakes, you know. He was trying to win rounds when he should have been focused on winning the fight. He should have focused on being, he should have focused on making it a fight instead of trying to make it into a, a technical exchange and go tit for tat. You know, he should have focused on being violent in the clinch instead of trying to grapple. You know, those, those were the significant things that made him... You know, those were the significant things, you know, you know, instead of, you know, those were the significant things, you know, those were the significant things that made him successful in the first fight and he didn't do it. So, and like I said, it was just, and it was just clear, you know, the, uh, the, the odds were not in Jan's favor tonight, despite what the odds makers were saying and the fans it was clear that the that the that Peter Yan was facing incredible odds, you know. His corner, he didn't have his corner, you know, the trash talk. I mean, his his corner, he didn't have his corner with him. He was dealing with Aljamain's trash talk as well as he was dealing with his new corner that was, you know, stressed out and freaking out over him getting his back taken instead of being calm and calculated, you know, cuz like I said, if you look at his corner, his, the corner that he comes with, if you look at his corner throughout all of his fights, they're always calm, cool, and collected. 
they're always calm and calculated. They're, you never see them stress or freak out whenever Peter Yan's in a bad position or things may be going south. They're very calm. And one of the things, too, is you could tell they let Peter Yan work. They don't sit there and, like, start screaming at him, you know, from afar. No, they, they let Peter Yan do his thing. Where it's like this corner, they didn't let Peter Yan do any of his thing. And they were not calm, cool, collected at all when, you know, I, and throughout the entire fight. And, you know, that was pretty significant. So I think one of the reasons why he was also looked, he looked so out of place was because his corner, you know, his corner, you know, was his corner, you know, his corner, you know, his corner was not calm. They weren't cool. They weren't calculated. And, you know, when your corner's stressed out, you're going to get stressed out. And, you know, so yeah, there was there was mistakes made by Peter Yan. You know, the first fight, you know, there was clear mistakes made by Peter Yan. Despite the fact that Peter Yan, I still, despite the fact that Peter Yan clearly should have gotten the win. You know, there's no denying that. Despite the fact that Peter Yan could, should, despite the fact that Peter Yan should have gotten the win. There's no denying that he did that he didn't make mistakes. There's no denying that he did make mistakes. You know, there's no denying it. He made mistakes. You know, he made mistakes. You know, he was trying to win rounds. He wasn't trying to win the fight. He wasn't being violent in the grappling exchanges. He wasn't trying to make it a fight, you know, by doing everything. He tried to do tit for tat and do one thing at a time when he should have did it all at once. Um... It was, it was evident. And like I said, Aljamain Sterling, he shines in the tit for tat. He shines in the fights where, you know, he shines in the fights that are all about winning rounds, not winning the entire fight completely. You know, that's, that's his game. You know, that's how he plays it. And, you know, so, I mean, that's one of the big, the big telling things in this situation, you know, the, and that, like I said, and that's just one of the biggest telling things in the situation is, like I said before, there's, it just goes back to what I said, difference between winning fights and winning rounds, and, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, one of the things also, too, is, you know, despite, I mean, one of the things that's very telling is, despite, you know, of course, you know, if you, you know, another thing that seems to be going unmissed is the fact that a lot of people don't seem to see the, the fact of the matter is that if you're Dana White, you are, despite you being disappointed in the judges and thinking that they really screwed up, you are relieved because this gives you opportunity to, you know, have your super fights that you've been wanting. You know, the super fights with TJ and Henry Cejudo. And that was very, you know, and he made it very clear when asked about if there's possibility for a third fight. He said, you know... You know, he said, 
that, you know, that fight between Jan and Sterling will always be there. I want to focus on Sterling versus TJ. And the reason why is because that's a big money fight and they're super fights that he wants to make down the line. He can't make those super fights if, you know, you if you he, he can't make those super fights if you got one guy at the top kicking everybody's ass. Like he can't make those super fights if the tough fights are constantly happening. Because the tougher fights are always going to get in the way, you know, versus. I mean, I don't know what to, you know, so make the super fights. And, you know, as Chell talked about, you know, the bigger fights are not the same as the tougher fight. And if you're Alger Stur- and if, and what people have to understand for Aljamain Sterling winning this fight, it's not about beating Peter Yan. It's about leverage. The The reality is, is we all know Peter Yan is the better fighter. You know, it was clear in the first fight. It's clear in the second fight, despite what happened. We know Peter Yan is the better fighter. If you're Aljamain Sterling, you're going, to, you're trying to avoid the tough fight. You're, you're, you're trying to avoid the tough the tougher fights as much as you can and in Aljamain Sterling's position you know he has the leverage to do that because he just won a decision against Peter Jan even though that decision has controversy and there's a lot of merit for a third match he has the leverage to avoid that third match because he won the second match and he's the champ and if he fights TJ and beats TJ, that just increases his fame, which gives him more leverage to avoid the Peter Yan fight. You know, I mean, you know, which we all know Aljamain's going to try to do everything in his power to do because he knows that Peter Yan is a tough fight and he doesn't want to deal with another tough fight. You know, it's, you know, it's common. You know, it's common. We've seen it happen all the time. You know, John Jones with Gustafson, you know, Henry Cejudo. You know, we've seen it. We've seen it many times. Guys will get in a tough fight and then they'll do everything in their power to avoid that tough fight. And until, you know, they do everything in their power to avoid that tough fight. Until that tough fight becomes no longer a tough fight. And the circumstances align for them to win, you know, kind of like what's what's happening with Canelo and Triple G, where, you know, if Canelo fights Triple G, there's a more higher chance of Canelo winning because, well, Triple G is getting older. So, I mean, you know, but that's the case, with, but that's the case, you know, I mean. And but but that's the case, and and like I said, it, for Aljamain Sterling, this wasn't about Peter Yan. This was about being beating Peter Yan. You know, it wasn't about beating Peter Yan. It was about. It was mostly about getting leverage, and it was about it was about getting leverage. He knew that if he lost, he would have no leverage to avoid a third fight. Now he has leverage. He has leverage now to have that. He now, now he has leverage to avoid that third fight. So, 
you know, and it sucks because, and like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing that, that Dana White wants to go after the super fights, you know, but it sucks because if you're somebody like Peter Yan, who should be champ and should be at the top, you know, you're, you're kind of getting screwed out the deal because you're getting pushed to the side while everybody else gets to, you know, live at the top of the mountain, you know, I mean, and we've seen this happen, you know, you look at Gennady Golovkin, he's a guy in the same situation, you know, um, you know, same situation, he's all about being the best, and fighting the best, and being at the top, but unfortunately, due to, you know, money, and things like that, well, you know, he, he got pushed to the side, you know, unfortunately, due to money, and things like that, he, unfortunately, he gets pushed to the side, and he's not getting the fights that he wants, because of the fact that, you know, you know, fight politics, and, you know, fight politics, it is what it is, on that, like I said, not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just, it's part of the game, you know, and Dana White is just doing what Dana White does, he's going after the super fights first, because contrary to popular belief, super fights are very rare, they're more rare than what people think, and the super fights with TJ and Henry and, you know, you know, Alexander Volkanovsky, they're not going to come around very often. They're very rare. So, you know, if you're Dana, you're trying to get it in before the Peter Yan start to come in and take it and take over. You know, I mean, that's kind of the situation that he's dealing with right now with Usman is Usman's at the top. He's focused on being the best. He's not focused on, you know, big paydays. He would like a big payday, but he's 100% focused on being the best, you know, and that's a problem because, he wants to make some super fights at welterweight, you know, have some champion versus champion matches, and he can't do that when you have a guy who's, like, reigning on top of the division, beating everybody, you know, it's same thing with, that was his problem with Demetrius Johnson, where Demetrius Johnson, you know, was, was at the top, but he didn't, where he was at the top, and Dana was trying to get him to have super fights, and he didn't want to do that, because he didn't see the point, it's like, I know I'm the best, I don't need to, the, you know, you, you know, there's no reason for me to move, there's no reason for me to move up, you know, and okay, yeah, sure, you're making money, but, you know, is that guaranteed, yeah, sure, make, you can make a lot of money, but is that guaranteed, not really, not guaranteed in my contract, unless you want to give me a new contract, which, you know, Dana, which Dana is never going to do, yeah, Dana doesn't, Dana, Dana's never going to do, so yeah, but, um, yeah, like I said, you know, if you're Dana White, you're relieved that Peter Yan lost because now you have an opportunity to get all your super fights because if Peter Yan won and was at the top, he would have never been able to get those super fights, you know, so, so that, and that's the unfortunate thing. You know. And that's the, you know, and that's the unfortunate thing, you know, if you're Peter Yan. You know, you know, and that, and that's the unfortunate thing if you're Peter Yan, you know you're going to have to get pushed to the side and, you know, you're going to do all these things and they're just going to keep pushing you on the side for the sake of the big payday, you know, so, 
Yeah, so so like I said, and, and like I said, if you're Aljamain Sterling, this is good for you because you can get all your big money and your big payday, and you could avoid the tough fights and focus solely on the big fights and not have to worry about a damn thing until you run in, until you have no choice but to face a tough fight. But if you're smart, like Henry Cejudo, you retire before you ever have to. You know, yeah, you, you know. You know, so, you know, you retire before you even have to, so, but, you know, how many guys, I don't think Aljamain, maybe he's thinking like that, you know, from the way he's talking, it sounds like he's thinking, it, it sounds like that's the game that he wants, it seems like that's the road he wants to travel, is chase the big fights, get the big, get the money, get the fame, you know, avoid the tough fights, avoid the Peter Yans, avoid, avoid the Chito Veras, and just, you know, go about by, you know, and then, you know, get all I can while I can and get the hell out. And I mean, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, it all depends. I mean, the reality, it, it all depends, you know, it, it all depends, you know, who is he going to face in the next? Is he going to face TJ or Aldo? I mean, Dana White said he, he wants to do TJ and that seems that may be the fight coming up most likely in the summer and you know who knows how that fight's gonna go but um yeah like i said man it's unfortunate because the third fight is the more logical step but if you're algerine sterling you know if you're algerine sterling i mean if you're dana white you're not thinking about you know if you if you're dana white you're not thinking about what's the more logical you're thinking about what makes the most money and of course he's gonna go with you know tj versus aljermaine because that makes the most makes the most money you know so will will aljermaine and peter yon three happen yeah it'll i i can see it happening i think it'll happen you know um you know i can see it happening i mean i don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon but you never know i mean i've been wrong before but I've been wrong before, but all in all, like I said, this is this is like a very because you have to understand, Peter Yan was never intended to win the belt. Jose Aldo was intended to win the belt because they wanted to have a super fight with Henry and Aldo, so they served up Peter Yan to Aldo so Aldo could get the belt because Aldo had trained with Peter Yan, and you know the rumor, the word around the street was that Peter Yan used to get whooped up by Aldo. Well. As I've said before, you know, practice is not the same as the real thing, and we saw that. So you can imagine Dana White and the UFC having an egg on their face when they realize they fucked up. So you have to understand, you know, if you're Dana White and you're the UFC, you know, like I said before, this is a relief because now you can actually get the super fights out the way and not have to worry about, you know... Peter Yan, you know, holding up your, you know, holding up your big paydays, you know, because that's how it would have been. If Peter Yan won the title, it would have been the same as it is for Kamaru Usman or Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson when he was at, when he was at 125 in the UFC, you know, because Peter Yan, you know, he likes money, there's no doubt, but he, he, he is like Kamaru, he's pretty much the same, his, he likes money, no doubt, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't mind a big payday, but he's pretty much like a lot of other guys, like, he's pretty much like, like a lot of other guys, like Usman, or Marvin Hagler, or, you know, even, 
you know, Demetrius Mayos Johnson, where they are all about at the end of the day, it's all about being the best. You know, the money's good, but at the end of the day, being the best matters more. And, you know, and that's how and that's you know, and that's pretty much the route that those guys choose to go. You know, they choose to go the route of the tough fights. They don't really care much about the bigger fights. They know the bigger fights will come, but they right now it's all about being the best. And, you know, and the thing with Peter Yan is, is he he kind of suffers. He He's pretty much what I like to call he is he has what I like to call the Marvin Hagler dynamic where he is where he is. He's, he's pretty much like a, I like to say he has the Marvin Hagler dynamic. He's too good for his own good. Where the only way you're really going to see him lose is through controversy or unless he starts to slow down and become weaker. Unless, unless, you, unless for some reason he's out of his prime. He begins to slow down and starts to get out of his prime. And, you know, there's a lot of guys like that. You know, Pernell Whitaker was like that. Kanadi Golovkin, who I mentioned, you know Marvin Hagler, who's also another one, and that's the and that's Peter Yan, you know, and that that's the unfortunate case of Peter Yan is he has that Marvin Hagler dynamic where he's that freaking good, where the only way he can lose is through controversy, and that's pretty much what's been happening to him in his you know since getting the belt was he lost it through controversy, a controversial you know move and throwing the illegal knee and then and then another was a controversial decision to the guy that he threw the knee against so you know he's kind of in this unfortunate situation where because he's so good you know because he's that damn good the ufc is gonna try to halt him and slow him down or keep him they're gonna they're gonna go out of their way to try to hold him back because like i said if you're dana white you're relieved at this because the guy that you know that is gonna the the guy that you know is that's going to conquer the division and run the division is not at the top of the division. So now you can go and make your moves without having to worry about you know him holding things up or you know stopping the momentum of anything of any fights that you want to make. You know that's what happened with Golovkin, that's what happened with Hagler, you know, you look at Pernell Whitaker, he suffered the same thing, where he just, you know, he, a lot of controversy, a lot of fights that he had, he had fights that had a lot of controversy, and it seemed like, you know, it, you know, like, he had a hard time, and it seemed like everywhere he went, every, any, the world was against him, you know, like, like I mentioned with Marvin Hagler's case, you know, he, he had the world against him, you know, everyone was against him, they just, he was that damn good to where, you know, judges would go out of their way to screw him, so, you know, and that's, an, and that's the case with Peter Yan, you know, he's just so damn good that he's too good for his own good, and because of that, you know, he's gonna be dealing with a lot of shenanigans, Shen, you know, he's gonna be dealing with a lot of shenanigans, because he's that damn good, you know, the UFC is gonna go out of their way to pull, you know, to pull the rug from out under him, to keep him from reaching the top, because they know when he's at the top, it, it's done, like, he ain't leaving the top for a long time, and any big money fights you have are not gonna be made, because he's gonna be taking everyone and anyone out, you know, he's gonna be stopping any, all that, any momentum that you think of wishing to create, he's gonna stop it right at the door, and, 
you know, and like I said, we saw that with Gennady Golovkin, you know, he, he's another guy, too good for his own good, the only way he lost was through controversy, and because of that, and because of that, you know, and because of that, the boxing promotions and man and promoters have gone out of their way to slow him down every which way they can, because they know that, you know, once he gets to that mountain, that once he gets to the top of that mountain, that's it. You know, you ain't going to be be able to run around freely anymore and have your money fights whenever you choose or have what it, or get the choice of picking whatever fights you choose because he's going to be running the division, you know, calling the shots and, you know, taking out everyone and anyone that, you know, comes that comes his way. So, I mean, that he comes across or comes his way. So, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting you know, it's one of those things, like I said, it's it's very interesting looking at this situation, looking at the aftermath of it all. You know, looking, seeing how similar Peter Yan and Sterling are, seeing the mistakes that Yan made, seeing how a corner can really affect an opponent's, you know, a game plan and a corner can really affect a fighter's performance. You know, I mean, I've seen it before, but never quite like this, where it was really evident that the game plan and the corner were just not gelling with Peter Yan. And most important of all, it just really showed, you know, the politics of it all. You know, I mean, you know, it was clear that the first chance Dana White got to, you know, to, you know, the first chance Dana White got to slow Peter Yan down, he was going to take it. And that's what he did by mentioning by mentioning that he would prefer to go after the TJ fight and then go after Sterling and Yon 3 later because he knows he's never going to get another opportunity to have these big money fights. So he's going to try to slow Peter Yon up as much as he can because he knows when Peter Yon's at the top, that's it. You know, I mean, I mean, and it's just like I said, it's it's. And that was one of the biggest things sticking out, the politics, the similarities, the lessons learned, you know, um, it's very significant, you know, I'm, you know, it's very significant things that I've talked about before, you know, but, you know, this fight just, you know, this fight, the lead up, the, the during and the aftermath have, you know, really brought these things out very significantly. And it's almost weird that it's overlooked. You know, it's almost weird that it's overlooked. And the last thing that I wanted to point out was I remember Jack Slack in a video. He one of the titles of his video, he said, not all robberies, not all close fights are robberies. That's true. But not all robberies are close fights. And people tend to lean more to the, oh, that round was a toss up or that fight was a close fight that they do with they tend to lean more to they tend to lean more toward the oh that was a close fight or that round was a toss-up than they do with robberies because saying that it was a close fight or that round was a toss-up is pretty much just a passive aggressive way of agreeing to disagreeing because most people don't have the they, they don't really have they don't they know they don't have any validity to their argument and they know they might be wrong and you have to understand is a lot of the things that they're saying, and I know I say that, I, I know I say, and the thing is, is like, as much as I try to stop getting on, so debating with people on social media, I, and I've been trying my best, you know, it's very frustrating when 
you get into debates with the people or you get into these conversations and all they're doing is repeating the same shit that everybody else is saying. You know, they're not, they're not having their own opinions. They're just going with the crowd. And when you're, you know, and when you sit there and debate with these people, you're kind of just like, don't you have a mind of your own? Don't like, can't you formulate your own opinion? And, and that's the thing. And that's pretty much where the whole, you know, oh, it was a close fight comes in. People tend to lean toward, and you know, people tend to use that as the, as the cop out, you know, oh, that round was a toss up or, oh, that was a super close fight, you know, because they know that they don't have anything beyond what they're repeating, nor do they, nor do they have any validity to that argument on top of that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, not all fights, you know, like I said, you know, he's right. Not all close fights are robberies, but not all robberies are close fights. You know, I can see the Davison Figueroa, Brandon Moreno fight being a close fight, but this fight, you know, was definite was a definite robbery. You know, especially because it was clear Peter Yan won the first round and the fourth and fifth, and he should have gotten the knot. I mean, Aljo never maintained momentum outside round two and round three, and outside round two and round three. And that was evident. But like I said before, at the same time, you can't deny that mistakes were made on Peter Jan's part, you know, not making it a fight, not being violent in the clinch, not trying to win the fight, you know, not trying to win the fight, but instead trying to win rounds, you know, and, you know, and, you know, and not all of it is his fault, you know, not all of it was his fault. You know, I mean, he didn't have his quarter with him. You know, I know it seems like I'm making excuses, but we can't deny that that there were significant factors. You know, him not having his corner, him having a corner that couldn't stay calm, cool, collected, that gave him a game plan that did not work for him or his style. I mean, yeah, I mean, Peter Yan had to deal with a lot, but I'm pretty sure Peter Yan learned a lot because you learn from your mistakes. And, you know, just like how Aljo did, you know, he just like Aljo did, he learned from his mistakes, you know, just like how Aljo did, he, he learned from his mistakes. So, um, but all in all, I mean, like I said, when it comes down to the politics, you know, like I said, Peter Yan unfortunately suffers from the Marvin Hagler dynamic where he's too good for his own good. And he's going to be dealing with a lot of shenanigans, a lot of controversy, you know, the only way he's ever going to lose is through controversy. And I mean, and it's going to be very sad because, you know, we've seen this happen to a lot of guys like Frank Yeager, who, you know, went through hell and high water. And when he finally got the title shot, he wasn't the same. And we started to see the decline, you know, as time went on. And I mean, and he's not the only example. There's other examples as well, but he's the most prime example of a guy that, he should have gotten the title shot, you know, he, he should have gotten the title shot instead of Connor, or at least should have gotten the title shot after, you know, Jose Aldo, after Connor beat Jose Aldo, and, you know, should have gotten the title shot even after that, but, you know, because, you know, fight politics, injuries, you know, he never really got it, and when he did get it against Max Holloway, he wasn't the same, and, 
you know, just kind of things weren't really going well for him after that. He hasn't been the same since. So, I mean, hopefully we don't see that with Peter Jan. You know, hopefully, hopefully we don't see that with Peter Jan. Hopefully, you know, when he gets back to the top, he's still in his prime. And we get to see him fight all the fights that we want to see him fight. And we get to see that Aljo rematch. I mean, but like I said, you know, you got to give kudos to Aldo. You know, he played it. He, he had a good game plan. It was a smart game plan. Don't win the fight. Win the rounds. Score points. Go home. Very smart. Very effective. And it worked for his style because that's pretty much his style. You know, that that's how he's always fought. And, you know, that's how he's always fought. And by sticking to that, you know, it gave him the win. Um, you know, it, it gave him the win. I mean, you know, and like I said, this wasn't about beating Peter Jan. This is fight was all about leverage and getting the leverage. And it's all about getting the leverage. And now that he has leverage, he can avoid the tough fights, focus on the bigger fights, especially, you know, a, a third fight with Peter Jan and, you know, go on and make his money and, you know, and ride off into the sunset, if he chooses to ride off into the sunset, some guys, they, you know, they don't see, they don't get to, they don't see the picture, they don't see the picture for what it is, and they think that because they fought the bigger fights, they can fight the tougher fights, and then they learn the harder way, that's kind of like what Connor's going through right now, so, but all in all, just some afterthoughts, you know, I was just, I was ranting in the car, and I decided to put this on the podcast, so thanks for listening, everybody.